Welcome to the Allegrativity Powercast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat, show up, and tell your story. Allegra Sinclair is here to help you become the powerful woman you are meant to be. It's finally time to get unstuck and reveal how fabulous you are. And it's time for your host, Allegra Sinclair. Hey, this is Allegra. Welcome to this week's episode of the Allegrativity Powercast. Now, I often tell you how excited I am about my guests, and I always mean it, but tonight I extra, extra mean it. <laughs> Sandy and I met, well, Dr. Sandy Eveleth and I met, uh, gosh, about two weeks ago, but it feels like I have known her forever. So let me back up and tell you what awesomeness is coming your way. Have you ever wanted to get better at making connections with people? Now, I'm not talking about that networking thing where you go to like a meetup or something from the Chamber of Commerce and you leave with like a ton of business cards, but those business cards don't impact your life and you, unfortunately, don't impact the lives of the folks who you gave your business card to, right? So I'm talking about meaningful connections, connections that, dare I say, making the right connections. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, they're going to know in a minute why I said that, but making the Absolutely. right connections is critical when you're trying to build a business, when you're trying to, you know, make your, make your impact in your community. There really isn't any area in our lives as women where making the right connections is not a good thing. And my guest today excels at that. And in fact, she's getting ready to launch something where all of us can work with her and get better at making those great connections. But I will give you the short version. Um, she's super smart, which you guys know I love. She's super smart and actually is trained as an optometrist, but she has also had several other hats that she has worn, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So she is super smart, super talented, and I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Sandy Eveleth to the show. Wow. Thank you so much, Allegra. This is just a wonderful opportunity to be on your show. And I am incredibly impressed with that introduction. I thank you so much for that. And I (laughs) I can't wait to talk about connecting. And I love the fact that we connected through one of our dear, dear friends, Kim Doyle. Yes, the sassy WordPress chick. She has an uncanny ability of figuring out who might want to talk to one another. She is a true connector. Right. This is this is absolutely it. I'm looking forward to when your site gets up and running because I'm like I could stand to be better at that. Right. Great. So we can kind of jump right in. So sure. One of the things that I thought of when we were first talking was I talk a lot about punching fear in the throat, right? Yes. Because I want people to put on the sweater, the vest, the jacket, whatever it is that they need to put on. I want them to pull that on so that they can be who they really are. Right. I love it. So I spent a lot of time preparing for a life that did not fit. So I'm the only child in my family who graduated from college and I went off to college and I was going to become an attorney. Why? Because people said so. Right. So I, I hear you. I went to college and I was a political. First, I was a music major, right? Because I was supposed to be a concert pianist, but then I got distracted. So wow. then my backup was okay, well, if I'm not going to be a concert pianist, then I'll be an attorney. So 
I was political science major, you know, I was doing all the right things. I even transferred from the first school I went to, to a school that allowed me to take first year law school courses while I was still working on my undergrad. I worked at a law firm the summer between my sophomore and junior years. And then a terrible thing happened. I realized that real life law is nothing like LA law. <laughs> exactly. Now, I'm so right. dating myself with that TV show. Oh no, show. I'm right there I'm with like, you. Do yes. we have any hot legal shows? What came after that? The practice? Yeah, it is not like the practice. The practice was probably closer to truth, but still not what I was experiencing. Sure. And I found out I didn't want to be a lawyer. Yes. And around that time, a dear friend of mine got married in New York. And I'll never forget, this woman and her husband were both doctors. I can't remember what kind of surgeon he was, and she was an emergency room doctor. And maybe six months after that wedding, she quit because she didn't want to be a doctor. And I thought, well, Lord, in the morning. I mean, I figured out before I actually became a lawyer. <laughs> can you imagine if you were already a practicing ER doc and then figured oh, out yes, that wasn't working? Really? Right. Why can you imagine that, Sandy? <laughs> what a great segue. Boy, do I wish I met you oh so many years ago. I was able to tell you a little bit of that story, and you can actually read that story on my other website, sandyeveleth.com, where I actually talk about uh, my journey, and fear has been a huge guide as to why I became an eye doctor, and it has been a tremendous profession for me, but I realized early on that that was not my calling. And you use that phrase about being the real you, and the word authentic, of course, nowadays is used quite a bit in the online marketing space, but it wasn't until recently in in my <clears throat> decade of living <laughs> that I... We don't talk about age We here. don't talk about yeah. that. Good. A woman who would tell her age would tell anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting to that nowadays. Yes. But I, I tell you, it's it's been an unbelievable eye-opening experience. I went through, like we all have a story, but I went through some serious life changes about five years ago. And through that, going through some of that trauma, realized that life is very short and I needed to take the bull by the horns and I guess, as you said, punch fear right in the face or right in the neck and find out why I wasn't aligned with my true calling and uh, started taking some tests and I have some of that information on the site as well and realized through the test that Kim Doyle had me take that I'm really what they call a connector and a supporter and realized that I absolutely love teaching and started to make an, pretty much a conscious effort of reaching out and connecting online because I absolutely love marketing online in the internet marketing space, social media, et cetera, et cetera. And started making some pretty decent connections online and realized I had a knack for it. And Kim was very instrumental in showing me how, how well I actually did that. So I don't know if I warned you, but I um, just want to back up and poke something sure. just a couple of times. <laughs> Please do. Poke I away. I won't like pull a scab off or anything, but I just want to walk back a couple steps and poke something. Do. So you said that fear drove you. You actually used the word guide, which is fascinating, right? Yes. Because I talk a lot about how we need to kind of um, wrangle fear, but fear not all fear is bad, right? So I have written before about how sometimes fear protects you. 
because sure. that small inner voice tells you not to do something. And while it fears like fear, right, it really might be maybe the other side of wisdom. But at any rate, you said fear guided you to become a doctor. Yes. Which is fascinating to me. So tell me a little bit more about that. How does fear lead you to like great achievements? <laughs> right. Oh, Cause usually so you Thank hear you. about fear, keeping people from accomplishing things. So fear drove you to be a doctor. Do tell. Well, I will. And, and not as an only child, but I was the baby and the only one that went to college and, and my family, at least initially, my sister went, ended up going back to college as well. But I was you know, the quote-unquote the golden child, and, and I thought, in my mind, expected to do certain great things. My grandfather was a physician, and it was nobody telling me this. It was, I believe, really self-imposed, but I just had this feeling of expectation that I needed to do well in college, do well in high school, um, go as far as I possibly could in a degree, and because this is going to sound like I'm bragging and I'm, I'm probably the least braggadocious person that I know, but, but it was easy. Academia came very easy to me. And I pretty much followed what I thought was the easy road. And, uh, if I could do well academically in high school and college, let's see how far I can take it. And ended up working for an eye doctor and thought, well, gee, if, if, um, this looks pretty easy to me. If I can do this, then I can become a doctor. So I figured if I got into the one optometry school that I applied to, <laughs> that it would was be the meant universe. To be. <laughs> right. That would be exactly. A sign. Yes. You are so right. Mm-hmm. And, and I did. I made it and, and got in and just realized through, loved the, again, academic portion of it, loved helping others. Um, you know, come along and excel in class. And just when I got out and started getting at the clinic, I thought, I love the dealing with people to people, but the actual clinical part of it, it just, it didn't feel right. And many <laughs> decades later, came to find out that my calling was really in teaching others and supporting others and motivating others and inspiring others. And so I have... I believe taken that ability and turned it back into the optometry field so that when I'm working with patients, I'm much more inspiring than I ever used to be. But I also see that I want to take it online and be able to have courses to train others how to be good connectors since I found out that's one of my strengths. And I think also when you're talking about taking it online, people tend to think of online digital marketing and like brick and mortar real world marketing as two completely different things. Like one can't ever go into the other's world and you know, the other can't come into that world. And it's really kind of insane, right? So a lot of the folks who I coach are people who have offline businesses that help other people. So they're coaches or they're therapists or whatever, but they are fantastic at doing what they do in the oh, real sure. world. But then I mean, really bright people. So it's not like they don't know how to achieve and do, but then when you come to the online space, it's a completely different world, right? So when you think about making connections, yeah, I'm accustomed to that. And as an introvert, I tend to avoid situations like that, which are designed to make connections because I just don't want to have to spend all that energy. Right. Which amazes. It's not that I don't like people. I love people. And I have a cousin who I'm ignoring right now very hard because he told me the other day that I talk too much. So (laughs) So it's 
it's not that introverts don't like to talk. It's just where we get our energy. So exactly. me in a group of like 50 strangers is exhausting exactly. for me to stay up. But me, like with five people I know, oh my gosh, I'll talk your ear off. But as you were talking, I thought of a couple of things that might have come where the fear might have come in. So my first thought was, you said that you didn't know if it had been imposed on you, but you had this pressure to achieve. And I think what's fascinating is, I don't know, I've talked with a lot of high achieving women who say something similar. And it's not that someone ever came up to you and said, the whole family's riding on you, girl. (laughs) The whole, the hopes and dreams of a generation rest on your delicate shoulders. It's not that that's said, but there can still be pressure and the weight of expectations. And then you're afraid to fail them, even if failing them is not a failure. Right. right? And I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it can still be self-imposed because I think as women, we strive to always do better and always, or often take care of others. I think there's that nurturing side where we don't want to disappoint people because we're also trying to help them and take care of them, whether it's parental or sibling or peers. Yeah. And then were you afraid to stop? Oh, absolutely. I know you're still an optometrist, so let sure. me just say that sure. right in front. Where are you? No, don't tell people where you live. I'm just saying, if you're in her area, go <laughs> see Dr. <laughs> but did you think to yourself when you started kind of, you know, examining and, you know, taking a couple tests and really figuring out kind of what I always talk about what sets my panties sure. on fire. But when you started looking for those things that really made your heart sing, how did that Oh, feel? fantastic. It's that feeling of being in the flow. And it, I had that aha moment actually when I was mentoring with Kim and it was a tremendous light bulb and it was so much excitement that the, as people talk about the day would just fly by, I'd be working on, you know, my site or some of the courses that I'm putting behind the membership site and absolutely the time flew and the creative part of my brain just started to, to, you know, produce all of this content. And to the point, I'm sure you've heard this before, where I couldn't believe I was even coming up with some of this stuff. I know. I have had one of those moments when I thought, that was good. And then I looked around like, wait, was that me? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it and it's happening a lot. It, you know, and I <laughs> truly believe, and this is the other thing that I'm teaching, this is sort of an offshoot and part of the inspiration. My daughter is 20. She's at college and she's heard this over and over and time and time again, that I truly believe, and it's going to sound corny and hokey, but I believe we all have a purpose. And whether, depending on who you read and what you believe, is it something that we develop? Is it something that we're born with? Is it something that someone pulls out of us? Is it something that, that you know, we develop as a skill? It's a muscle, whatever. I don't know. I just know in my heart because I finally found my purpose and it is a tremendous, tremendous feeling. And I am so excited about it that... I know other people have felt this way and I've read about either other people feeling this way and I've read about people being in the flow and I finally understand what it means. You know, and the, the talk about the secret and the universe listening, I have had moments when I absolutely eliminate the, I, I vision in my mind this huge boulder that's in my path that has a big word called disbelief. When I clear that boulder that seems to keep rolling back in my path, but when I clear that boulder away, 
things happen, really, really good things happen to me. Things that I've asked for, things that I've put out there. But it only happens when I really believe it's going to happen. So is that what, um, again, okay, here it comes. Go for it. That again. I'm loving that. <laughs> I could like eat it if I had it with like some planted <laughs> chips. So when you're talking about clearing disbelief, what do you not believe? Oh, whether it's success or, uh, you know, I, I go down this path where I have, I think I've read about it where it's really the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, industrial age. When we believe that uh, I was stuck in this for so many years that I had to work nine to five, five days a week, if not more, in a career that gave me enough Mm -hmm. income that I could buy things, that I could help support my family, help support my daughter. And I found out about this whole world of online freedom business. And I kept saying, I want, I desperately want to do that. But there's this voice in my head saying, well, you can't. You have to work nine to five, five days a week. And the voice was coming from many different directions. And it took me several years. I did start a a side web design business. Still not quite my passion. And kept searching and searching until I found this and have done, because I'm a perfectionist, I've done all the research and how to drive traffic, how to market, etc. And finally have been pushing that boulder of disbelief away, thinking, you know what, I can have a freedom business. I can do this. And it's only been after working with Kim and, and doing a lot of connecting that I know it's possible if I can just keep that boulder away from my pathway. I think it is um, so funny that we are in 2015 and we're still feeling like we have to justify all the different ways that work shows up. It's kind of like um, I was fussing the other day that Amazon Prime has changed the rules. So I can't have three people, three adults who might live at my address, all part of my Amazon Prime family anymore, (laughs) right? So I think I might be able to still share two-day shipping with them, but the other stuff I can't share. So the way they've defined it now is it's like two adults and then two children, and they're all tied to like one main credit card for the Amazon account. Now, what does that sound like? 1965, mom, dad, two kids. Exactly. So just a couple weeks ago, I was, you know, doing a mini rant and I'm like, really dude? (laughs) And this year at this time in my life, I'm having to justify maybe a different looking family structure. Right. So again, we're pulled back. I'm thinking to Yes. Right. So, um, Hey, there are three adults who are all related who live in this house. Why can't we be considered wow. a family? Interesting. Right. But that's another movie. But it made me think of that when you were talking about the presumption that work must look Absolutely. a certain way. Now, for at least 20 years, work has looked different. At, you hear what I'm saying? At right. least 20 years, work has looked different. But we still deal with that confidence assassin that rears its head and says, what you're trying to do isn't exactly. real. Or it won't last. Or, you know, you really can't do that, right? Or, and even when we are presented with examples sure. of people who are doing it, it's like that still small voice Still tells you, yeah, but right, exactly. That happens all the time. And there's never a good reason, right? So if you stop and you kind of challenge the voice and you say, well, why not? Well, the voice is silent because it doesn't have data, right? (laughs) 
right? The greatest gift that your confidence assassin brings to the table is doubt. That's all it has, doubt. It doesn't have any facts to back it up. It doesn't even really know you well enough to know whether you're suited for what it is you're trying to accomplish. All it wants to do is spread a little doubt like a disease. It's spreading doubt viruses everywhere it can go, right? So I remember um, when I first... I was working, oh gosh, I was in Arizona at the time. I think I was working at Intel. And Arizona has a problem with the air quality half of sure. the year, right? Because it's a valley and all the smog, I blame it on LA, all the smog goes <laughs> over sure. from LA and it affects Arizona. But um, companies are required to have employees share the ride and do something alternative, you know, to help when the okay. air is really bad. So we vanpool, carpool, and working from home. And I remember telling my dad, who was a career IBM guy, you know, you get up, wear same white shirt, same dark blue shirt to work every day. So I remember telling him that I was working at home two days a week. And he's like, oh, they made right. time. And I was like, um, no sugar lump. That's not what I said. What I said was I work, they line, they wired a T1 line into my home and we're, we're a computer company. So I had like the fancy Herman Miller chair, my office at home was nicer than my office at the office, right? But it was inconceivable to him that I was really working if I wasn't in the office. I have a dear friend right now who's a visiting nurse. So she works out of her home and she actually goes to visit people who need nursing care. Like at the, and her mom thinks that she's not a real nurse. And and, and it keeps, that keeps hounding us and keeps hounding us. And it's, it's funny because the freedom, a lot of the freedom businesses are informational businesses. And we're all talking about the information age. This is the information age. We're leaving the industrial age. So why hasn't this thought become, you know, the norm. I don't know. I don't know. It's still hanging around. I don't know. We're all working on demystifying what that looks like. Yes. Right. Um, I don't know when we'll get there, but it's funny to think. So when we first were talking about getting together and I was like, she's so smart and so fun and so funny. And I'm thinking, what could her fears <laughs> be? Right. But then it's like you're regular oh. people and you have the same fears that probably a lot of my listeners do. You know, is this the right thing? Will people around me accept me in this different role? Right. So it's, um, it's connecting when we weren't even thinking about it. Oh, absolutely. And, and like you said, I feel like when we started talking and, and again, Kim's talent with being able to connect the right people as well, I felt like I've known you for years and we, we, we started telling the story and I thought, wow, you got it early on about the attorney thing. And I, it's only taken 20 years to figure Um, out. Well, I didn't get it completely. That's another okay. story for another day. <laughs> we could talk, oh, we could talk another... for hours, folks, but we won't do that to you. Yes, that's another story for another day. Sometimes you have to learn the lesson more than oh, once. Oh, I think so. And again, I think okay. women have a tendency to, to need to do that as well, yes. more so than men, not to... Yes. And I was really, um, I was really intimately familiar with my do what's expected okay. vibe. Way less now, but yes, for many years, I was still very much wrapped up in the do what's expected or what's acceptable to others, even if the very thing makes me a little. So how do you combat it? What would your advice be to someone like me? I'm going to turn, <laughs> turn the microphone back. Wow. Really? <laughs> Let me get some free coaching well, here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Sid. So I think there's a couple things. Um, so I'll give you two. So one, you really have to discover what the um, root, R-O-O-T, right. not as in path, but what is the root 
of what you think is other people's disapproval of you, right? Because often what bothers you from other people is bothering you so much because it's reflecting what you believe about yourself already. So if you tell me I can't cook and I deep down think I can't cook and all the other stuff that that means to me, right? So then if you tell me I can't cook, wow, I went from like zero to crazy in three (laughs) seconds because you tapped into a very deep seated, this is not me, but you tapped into a very deep seated insecurity for me, right? So the first thing I would do is figure out, okay, so all these people who I think are standing in disapproval of me, what is it in that? Okay. That resonates with me, right? So what am I doing to myself such that when they say whatever they said, it, you know, does a lot of damage. So that's the first piece. And then the second piece, and this is the harder piece, is deciding to care more what I think than what they think. And it is so easy to say that. Sure. It's tough to do. (laughs) And it is an an exercise that I never skip. Girl, bye. I have a wee fit. It has dust. <laughs> I have Pilates DVDs. I don't know where the <laughs> lid is right now. But the exercise that I don't skip is the conversation that I have with myself that says, I have everything I need to be who I right. want to be. And anybody who doesn't like that isn't supposed to be in sure. the theater. Right? Some people are in, on the mezzanine. Some people are in the balcony. Some people don't even know that there's a show going on, but it is a daily exercise for me. And some days it's quicker than others to kind of, it's kind of like, Hey, you don't just take a bath once. Right. You have to repeat it. Sure. (laughs) Right. I have to do my hair every day. Sure. I just think of kind of addressing my, I won't call it the confidence assassin, but my, um, that voice that I think is voicing other people's disapproval. I work regularly on making sure that, okay, it's not me blaming others, that it's not me, you know, putting that disapproval out there and that B, that I realize that nobody matters more than me and to me. And that's not a selfish thing, right? Because we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. I think it might've been with Kim. And I said that someone had said I was selfish because I was working on something and they wanted to go play. And I was like, okay, wow, is that selfish? Well, you know, today I feel like selfish is a corally peachy salmon color (laughs) and I look really good in that color. So I'm okay being selfish. (laughs) And again, I think, I think we as women with the nurturing walk that fine line of thinking if we do something for ourselves, it's selfish versus we need to take care of ourselves in order to take care of others. And it's just, I talk about that all the time. It's a fine line that we walk. So, um, do you, do you think too that validating when you get validation, even though we should be able to pull it at what I call the core and be able to say, look, I have all the skills that I need to be able to succeed in whatever it is that I want to succeed. You know, if it is a business where I feel like I'm in the flow, but when those doubts keep creeping in and the disbelief keeps creeping in, do you think though, when you get external validation, if you do something and then not necessarily just reward, but you actually do see those success. Do you think that, that that actually helps as well to, to combat perhaps some disbeliefs that creep back in or some of those, you know, lack of self-confidence creeps back in? Uh, first, can I say, I'm so tickled. I think you're the first guest who has interviewed me. <laughs> <laughs> so I am beyond, I'm beyond tickled. Um, but the actual answer to the question, I don't know. Cause I think there's a couple things. So when you're saying external validation, all the New Jersey in me is like, mm, I'm getting a little right. uncomfortable. But then you said when I have actually done something 
And then that is different, right? So if I break it down this way, self-esteem is how I feel about myself, but self-confidence comes from my accomplishments. So when you said external validation, I thought you were saying somebody else saying, yeah, what I think you're doing is a good thing. thing. Okay. Right. But when you're talking about, okay, so if I say, well, I can't cook, but then I cook something, then I am, I've disproved that lie. Right. So then the more I continue to cook, the more confidence I have in my cooking ability. I'm with that all day long and twice on Sunday. Right. So I get nervous when I think that my growth, my self-esteem, my self-confidence is dependent on somebody else telling me who I am versus me reminding right. myself right. who I am. Right. right. So I think um, it is complicated and we all are dealing with it at different levels, but um, it's kind of like that old Allie McBeal show. And I loved the show, not so much because of the stars in it, though I did think all the women were very different and eclectic. Oh, sure. And but I loved that Allie had a theme song because that was the first time I'd ever heard <laughs> That's that. right. So different people use different tools. And for me, music is magical. So if I have something big that's coming up and maybe my confidence assassin's whispering at me or I'm just not, I'm having a bad hair day. It's hard to get up and be fabulous if you feel like your hair is jacked <laughs> up and maybe it's too hot and I don't want to wear a wig, sure. you know, whatever. But I have a theme I love song, it. Love it. right? For different aspects of life. So I just think you take what you need to get where okay. you're going. So, and my theme song changes over time, but um, I think you develop tools that help remind you of who you are and you just keep pushing yes. forward, which is actually, I did that a couple of weeks ago. So we're talking about connecting and I went to WordCamp and again, huge venue, a ton of people. And I'm thinking by three o'clock, I'm just going to want the whole right, show. Right. <laughs> so I hadn't talked with you yet. So I didn't have any skills at figuring out how to like seek out or how to even set my sure. antenna to find the right sure. connections. Right. So instead what I did was I cranked up my theme song. <laughs> it was the ringtone from my phone that I day. That. I was listening to in the car on the way there so that I would be in the right frame of mind. And at any moment, I could then listen to the song again, right? Because that's, that vibrates for me, right? Music sure. immediately takes me to a place, right? I could listen to three beats of a song and be like, oh, ready to cry, right? Because I just, you know, you know. that's why I can't dance. <laughs> that's why I can't dance because I connect with the music on a much deeper level like than it. regular people. And that's why I can't dance because I'm dancing to parts of the music that other people can't even hear. Well, you, you can <laughs> dance. You're just dancing to your own beat, as they say. Oh, no, I'm okay with not being able to dance. <laughs> At family functions, they make me go watch the children because my dancing oh, throws off others. And I'm, I'm okay. So what might I have done when I was going to work camp? I like it. So when you're talking about making the right connections, how sure. do I figure out what the right connections are? Sure. Well, the are? first thing is, and I have a feeling you probably did this, but you you might have wanted to go into you know the introvert and not deal with it. But you want to prepare way before you get to word camp. You want to find out, first of all, what is my goal? Have two or three major goals on paper and then set out to take an action plan in order to at least achieve one of those goals. So let's say you're, you're going, you're WordPress developer and you want to perhaps meet up with a plugin developer. 
because you know that their audience is going to possibly have the same audience, but you have a specific plug-in developer that you want to meet and talk with. You know, you don't, you never want to go into a meeting thinking, I want to meet everybody. We all know that that's failure written all over it. So have a plan in place. There are ways usually to be able to find out at least the speakers that are going to be at any of these meetings. Find out if one of those speakers fits your, what I call avatar, that's your online target market, whether it's, and I'm, in my membership, I go over talking about there really, for what I'm teaching, there are two separate major avatar categories. One of them is your potential customer or customer, and one of them is an influencer. And that would be either somebody that's going to really take what you do and brag about it all over online and offline space because they absolutely love what you do, almost like a promoter, or it may be somebody that you look up to that has done some sort of major success that you would love to follow in their footsteps. You know, there's there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Let's go out and align ourselves with people that have already done what I'm looking to do. And okay. and have a plan in place. So let's say there are 10 speakers and you know that one of those speakers is someone that you want to meet. You know, write down those names, write down those people, do the research before you get there. The whole thing about connecting is truly getting to know people. You don't want to use people. You want to get to know. You might find out that that plugin developer is not really a personality that, that is going to, you know, gel with you. You won't necessarily know that until you get there and meet them, but you, you basically want to learn how to connect with people and learn how to give them value. Don't go there expecting that they're going to want to help you. You have to go there with a the research in hand. Let's say that person, you know, is Susie Q and she has a plugin that is a membership plugin that you know is going to work really well with a theme that you've just created. And you want to map out on paper, maybe have an infographic, have something that you know you're going to help that person not only promote you, but promote them. And then show them how the connection between the two of you would be beneficial more beneficial than them just trying to sell their own product. So it's always about giving value. Come there to a meeting knowing who you want to meet, knowing what you're going to offer them, and then trying to set up uh, perhaps another offline meeting where, where they're not so harried that you can sit and have a cup of coffee with them. So that's what so is it's sorry, no, that's okay. I didn't mean to interrupt. Is making the right connections really then only for the extroverts or for the people who, you know, how we all, well, let me speak for myself. I can think of people who I think, wow, this person, in fact, I'm thinking of a particular person right now. I'm not going to say her name, but if she's sure. listening, you know, I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> she knows I'm talking to her. I just think she has a magnetic personality and she's probably a connector. But I just think she has an uncanny knack for always knowing the right people. She's in advance. So it's not like she has a situation and then tries to think, okay, who can I go, you know, get to know about it? It seems like she already, seems like she knows everybody and everybody knows her. But she is also very outgoing. If you stuck her in a room with six wooden posts, when you came back half an hour later, all the wooden posts would no longer be wooden. (laughs) I mean, she's just a naturally bubbly extroverted person. So is making the right connections really for different personality types? It is for different personality types. And she's probably the least of my avatars because she's already figured it out. 
What I might have to do with someone like her is to corral her in and because she might find that she's wasted a lot of time. She's been an extrovert and she's gone to a ton of meetings, but then she comes back, like you said before, with all these business cards and, and they might have, <laughs> you know, drooled over each other, but, but no one really made a deeper connection and she may be wasting a lot of time at making all the wrong connections. But if she's someone that knows how to do it, knows how to do the research, knows how to reach out to the right people, she's not the person I'm talking to. You're a definite avatar because you're worried <laughs> because you I need, need help. help. Are you trying to tell everybody right. I need help? <laughs> and, and you are interested. Well, what are some tactics? I just want to sit in my car and listen to my music so I can get into the groove and maybe talk with one person. I might tell you, you know what? That's all you do need to do is connect with one person. And then I'm going to give you some tools as to, first of all, make you less nervous allow you to walk into a meeting with confidence and allow you to walk in with tools in hand to say, okay, this is who I want to meet. This is why I want to meet them. And this is how I'm going to meet them. And then this is what I'm going to do to follow up with them, you know, in 24 hours. And then in a week, this is how I'm going to offer them value. And also, again, these are the type of people I want want to to connect with because a lot of people waste either their time or even their employees' time because you'll see a lot of employers are sending out their employees to different networking events or they'll be online doing social media and they're doing it all wrong and, again, they're wasting time and money for their employer. So I'm trying to cut through all of that and say, hey, let's, (laughs) you know, because I think we're still in an age where people don't understand social media as much as they should. There's a lot of wasted time and it's easy. We all get addicted. We can all get addicted to our, to our profiles and to our, you know, posts and walls, et cetera, et cetera. So let's go ahead and spend the time and money where it needs to be, to be showing profits. There was, there was so much good stuff in that. Gosh, I just don't know. Uh, so I think I had three questions <laughs> in here. So one of them was, no, there was just so much good stuff. So one of them was, I have a really good friend and I love Twitter and she doesn't like Twitter at all. And I said, Oh, but I make great connections. She's like, how you do. And I think, I don't know exactly how (laughs) I did it. I might've done it by accident, but I can go on Twitter and have a conversation with someone. And she still finds that difficult to do. But I think part of that is for so many people, they think of social media as like another marketing right. arm. So maybe people aren't watching TV, so I can't use commercials, so then I'll use Twitter. But I probably too seldom talk about my own stuff on Twitter. I'm usually just like hopping into a conversation about other stuff that and, interests and, and, and me. And that's right. why you want to But I don't think of myself as connecting on Twitter until she said, oh, but no one ever plays with me. And I was like, really? Well, uh, oh, okay. Well, I'll play with you <laughs> on Twitter, right? But I do think what we are wanting is connection yes. as yes. a people, right? I think we are wanting more of that. Is there like a magic number of connections? And you can tell I'm an introvert because I'm like, well, how I, many I, do I, I need? When I, get, when I get seven, am I good? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Seven good connections. Am I set? Or is there like a number? Is it 11? Right, so is it five? Now, and it, <laughs> I want to check it right. off on my list. And it, well, just... and, and again, this is, this is all about personality types. And, and I guess we're part of the strength when I found out about, you know, taking some of these tests and finding out what my strengths are is I do like to meet you where you are at. I like to say that to people. I meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. And for you, 
where you may say, yes, I'm an introvert, but I also like numbers. I might, we'll, we'll sit down and I'll look at everything that you've done. And I, I may tell you, you know what, you need 20 connections because your avatar is XYZ and this is where they're hanging out. I will tell you that you've done a very good job at connecting on Twitter because you've done absolutely the right thing. You haven't been talking about yourself. You've probably been connecting on a deeper level with people because you are number one an introvert and you do like a deeper conversation. And you're seeking out people of like mind and you are seeking out people that are intelligent and know how to converse on Twitter. Twitter is is probably one of the easier social media platforms, but it's probably the most misunderstood platforms. Yeah. I still see a lot of those accounts that are just like people automating and churning sure. out crap like 12 times a day. Click this link. Click this link. I'm like, oh. I'm not clicking anything. And guess what? Because <laughs> right. that's the way that you feel. Guess that probably 99% of other people feel the same way. We know that when we go on Facebook and someone is just bragging about themselves and talking about their services, we look away. We, we unfollow them or unfriend them sometimes in an extreme case. And you have to imagine that if, if you feel that way about that post or about that tweet, most people feel that way. And it boggles my mind that marketers are still out there doing that when they're not grabbing the attention of the right target market. I would say to you, you're doing the right thing because you are making connections. And for your friend, number one, she might not understand it well enough, and that's where I teach people how to use Twitter and how to use Facebook and the different platforms that suit them. So that's a great segue. Because the other thing that I wanted to be able to touch on is, so I know you're, has your site launched? It's about about to launch. launch. It's, yes. Okay. When you launch your site and your membership, tell me what it is that you'll do for people, not just introverts like me. It's not all about me, but tell me uh, what it is that you're offering. In the makingallthewrightconnections.com, which will, as I said, be launching very soon, I have a course, I like to call it Connect for Success. It's, and I'm going to put up a blueprint that's going to outline what the course is, and I'm going to give that away for free and give lots of really great information. And that's going to be on my sandyeveleth.com site. And I know you'll have the show notes for that. But what I want to do is give people some really good value before they even feel like they need to take a look at the membership site. And the membership site will go into, you know, great detail about that. But it's basically going to give everybody a blueprint. You start with learning about yourself, learning about your passions, learning about your emotional IQ, your emotional quotient, emotional intelligence. Um, and then it goes into you need to know that in order to know who you're trying to reach out to. Who's your avatar that you're trying to reach? What business are you in? And who is it that you want to sell to? Who you want to connect to? And then I give you this step-by-step approach of how to connect online and offline. So just like you were talking about WordCamp, I, I bridge the gap between reaching out and connecting at a deeper level with people online and then bringing that offline so that you can deepen that connection. And we can go in the reverse order as well. Um, there's going to be webinars that I'm going to have recorded in there. There's going to be all kinds of videos. There's going to be real quick if they want to just, well, what's this little Twitter tip that you're going to show me. Similar to what you were saying. You said, well, I don't know how I made that connection. Well, I could probably look at your Twitter account and say, I know exactly how you made that connection. <laughs> and I'm going to show people how to do just that. You know, just And that's how Kim and I met. And Kim and I ended up making this phenomenal connection. And then I taught her how to use 
one little trick on on Twitter that that gained her a um, a sponsorship, and I've since cool. introduced her to a few people. She's introduced me to a few people, so it's been a tremendous connection. So suppose I think that making connections is poppycock. What do I miss by not endeavoring to make? Oh, connections? you miss you you miss now the depth of being able to, and I hate to say this, if if you're looking at it for business, everyone knows that they like doing business with people they know, like, and trust. And I think social media in one format has taken us away from that warm, what I call the warm and fuzzy, where that touchy-feely of, I really want to get to know you first before I even learn to like you, and I'm certainly not going to buy from you if I haven't, haven't begun to like you. Getting on to the social media the right way is going to get you that connection. And again, get you the connection to where you can possibly get on the phone and develop that warm and fuzzy. Making, if you think making all the right connections is poppycock, you are going to miss out on, on a tremendous number of sales. I mean, bottom line is we have to make the right connections to, to increase profits for our business. I think Ted Rubin is the one that calls it now return on relationships. Instead of ROI, it's ROR. And we, we oh, have okay. to get those deep relationships in order to, to grow our businesses and to make a, you know, to go way beyond that and make a, an impact and a contribution in the world. I powerfully and strong you know, strongly believe that, that you can't have these superficial connections that I have seen on a lot of these social media sites. So before I let you go, I have so loved the connection and I'm excited about what we've shared today. We've certainly covered a lot. <laughs> we have. We have covered a lot from the expectations of middle children all the way up into uh, the need to get yourself together um, before you go to a networking situation. But I love giving like the actionable tips. So tell me, I think you have something special for my listeners. What is that? I, I do. I have a freebie that you're going to be able to find or you can find at San Diego's dot com forward slash Allegra. And it is going to be the blueprint for making all the right connections. It is right now exclusive to your listeners. And it Yay. is the the guidepost of my entire course inside the membership site. So you're they're going to be able to get quite a bit of information. It's not the complete course, but it is the the guidepost and the blueprint for it. So when you say guideposts, when they go and download this, they can create a plan for themselves for how they can, I mean, they pick this up and it's actually step, it's instructions. It's step by step. It's not going to go in complete depth of each particular step, but it's going to be enough steps that they're going to be able to come up with an action plan. Absolutely. That's awesome. I'm sure my listeners are going to be so excited by that. And of course, it will be in the show notes. Sandy, S-A-N-D-I, Eveleth, E-V-E-L-E-T-H dot com slash Allegra. So yes, everybody run and download that blueprint before she t- before she puts it behind the membership wall and you have to um, join the membership to get it. Though you should join anyway, but I'm just saying when someone offers you something exclusively, you go get it. 
Is there anything I failed to touch on that you just want to make sure that you share before we wrap up? I do, and I appreciate you asking that. I want to let everyone know that making all the right connections is really a lot of fun. I, <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because anyone that I start talking to about this, they start hearing the enthusiasm in my voice, and I get, I get very excited about it, and that's when I start getting into the flow. Because I have made some tremendous connections, and it has increased exponentially since doing the podcast at Making All the Right Connections. And Kim, again, going back to Kim, she, she, she actually gets very giddy about it because she's made some tremendous connections, like I said before, in, in a little method that I taught her. And we actually get like little teenage kids. We get so <laughs> excited and we start comparing notes about these connections that we've made. And these are connections that are going to be a lifetime. It's people are gracious. They want to help. And, and there's just this feeling of, wow, I've just made a great new friend. And I may never meet these people in person, but even just meeting them online has been tremendous. I love that. And I think that um, when we start to talk about business, we get so like, <clears throat> you must do this. And then sometimes we forget, hey, what we're doing is fun and it's impactful and it's important and it influences and it changes people's it really lives does. and all of that. It can be all of those things at one time. It doesn't have to be one. It does. And, and in the podcast, what I do is have my guests share their connection stories and they tell of one or two connections that have completely changed the path of their lives. Oh, I love. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Sandy Evleth. I'm just calling you Please Sandy. Please do. Know that. I know you're a doctor, <laughs> right? I'm totally respectful, but I'm just saying you're just, okay, I'll call you Dr. Oh, Sandy. Oh, it doesn't matter. No <laughs> ego here. You know that, Allegra. I appreciate but that. But thank you so much for coming and pouring deliciousness into my audience. I so appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you, and thank you so much. This was a lot of fun, as we knew it would be. Well, we'll have to have you come back and we'll have to make a plan to like meet in person, maybe a retreat of sorts or a girlfriend get together where we all meet in a central location and make more. I would love, I I am all about that. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a powerful day. Thank you. You too. Now you've been given permission to be more powerful and influence more people. If you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to AllegraSinclair.com slash iTunes and leave a review. It will help Allegra get the message out to more women that they can punch fear in the throat, show up, and tell their stories. We'll see you next time on the Allegrativity Powercast with Allegra Sinclair.